Welcome, welcome to another episode of Really Grown Shit, the podcast for the 20-somethings that ain't doing nothing, especially in this damn pandemic. I am your girl, Tashia J, and I hope you've been enjoying my little series of my college chronicles. Like I said, my podcast is a voice to the voiceless. There is somebody who's just like me, but don't know how to describe how they're feeling. That's why I'm here. And I'm going to get real personal with y'all this episode, so bear with me. Also, since I finally spent the time to write out this episode, I was looking at this shit like, damn, I went through a lot. But don't worry, I survived. Hey, hey. So, let's just be real. The first two years of college ain't that reflective anyways. You really just partied your ass off. You got through the prereqs. Or you went to a community college just to get shit done. But literally, it's like the first two years, it felt like la-la land. Like when I was on campus. Like, I'm not finna jinx nobody's junior year. But life begins to happen in the la- in the lateral half of college. Right? So, adulting at its early stages. Right? You can legally drink, smoke, in peace. Well, that's contingent on if you turn 21. Because I have seen some childish ass college graduates. Ain't that crazy? But that's been my business. Some people are living on their own. While other folks are getting their own spot. And I'll just say there is a very big difference between the two terms I just said. Living on your own could mean that you living on your own in a three-bedroom dorm room versus getting your own spot with your own privacy. Literally, it's a win-win no matter where you go, but it's just a very triumphant feeling when you have your own space, you know? Ari Lennox wrote a whole fucking song about having a new apartment. Like, we need more. Speaking of that, we need more music for about staying in home. I feel like with quarantine, now we need to bring in a whole demographic of what to do inside. Because literally, everyone's going mad. But let me jump back out. Anyways, so with the whole first two years out of college, right, folks just don't know what to do. Like, you start looking at your life after college. Like, okay, I got two more years left. What do I have to do to get out of here with a successful degree? Grad school? Uh, prep for GRE? Uh, GMAT? Uh, what fucking test do I need to take? What next? Right? But for me, let me tell you something. Junior year was, all right, nigga, you got your hardest classes this year. You're going to finish them motherfuckers so you can party your ass off the rest of your college career. Because I'll just say, nothing is wrong with spending more than four years in college. But the longer you take, the more money you have to make to pay. Um, But junior year is honestly judgment day because you figure out if you're going either three places. Early graduation, on-time graduation... Or fifth year, you know, and junior year is also the manifest year. So all the shit that you said you was going to do in school, now is the time, boo. Do your shit. And I know what you're thinking. Tashire, we are in the middle of a fucking pandemic. No one is even at campus right now. What the fuck am I supposed to do? Well, when you're really passionate about something, your creativity just comes out of your ass. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, 
when you're really passionate about something, that will take you out of your depression and really have you focusing on, okay, oh, shit, I really want to do this shit, you know? So, when I was in college, I wanted to do a few things. I wanted to start a black film club on campus. I wanted to hop in campus politics. I wanted to have a natural hair club on campus. I want to do a lot of shit, right? But at the rate I was going... If I didn't take summer classes, I would have needed a, a, a complete fifth year. So I stayed the summer going in to junior year. I was like, fuck that shit. I'm just going to take summer classes. So I got a job as a summer RA. So I didn't have to pay for housing. And I was able to just take classes. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. But don't try to take too much in the summer because I will just tire you out. Like, the summer classes are taught in a fast pace. Six weeks, eight weeks, maybe ten weeks, I don't know. But a good twist is that if you take them all online, like, not like how we are taking classes now, but pre-recorded lectures, that's the gimmick. That's the way you finesse. Nope, mm-mm, mm-mm, all this Zoom university shit, fuck that. Like, on my online classes, the only time I saw the professor was during the final. That's it. But anyways, so when I finished my summer RA gig, I thought I'd get an offer for a full-time position during the academic year. I don't know why, I was just thinking they would have an opening. They didn't, so I just moved back to Afro House and then I'm like, it's my second year living here and I want a single. So I come in the house, all the singles gone. I had a great roommate and then we lived in the penthouse suite, which is the biggest room in the house. So even though I didn't get what I wanted, I was like, okay, I'm happy. Then, so it's a whole new group of people in the house. I'll be real. It was some weird Al Yankovic motherfuckers up in there, like... I mean, I had a few friends in the house, but child, that shit was crazier than Big Brother, the real world, and survival combined. But I've always lived in some wacky shit, so I just stood my ground and just got adjusted over time. Like, it it wasn't a family dynamic, it was one of those, it reminded me of Shameless. Yes, that's the show, Shameless felt just like that dynamic it's like you don't know who in the house but as long as you say hi and smile it's fine with me we were also celebrating the 20 year anniversary of afro house and that was a good time for the everybody in the house to come together you know there was a live band we were painting the whole house that week oh and I was head chef in the kitchen. See, I had made this coconut chicken curry. Then we had the standard stove food. So candy yams, collard greens, mac and cheese, cornbread, fried turkey, fried chicken, fried fish, peach cobbler, and plenty of drinks. I was still having fun at the resource center. I got a promotion at my job. Actually, it wasn't really a promotion. They just put lead in front of my title and gave me more shit to do. And see, looking back, my fatal flaw is that I'm a yes woman. Well, I was. Um, see, if I can do something, I'll just do it. And they were just, and they kept saying, you don't know your capacity to shy and know your capacity. And I'm like, I'm young. I'm capable of doing anything I set my mind to. I even had this 
focus toward a newfound career path. Like, you know how college opens doors? Well, you see, I was over here. I came into college thinking I wanted to be a journalist. I actually know I wanted to be a therapist. I had a lot of life changes, right? But with media, I was like, let me be a journalist. Let me be the next Oprah Winfrey. I want to be the main lady on the screen. And, you know, since I'm good with logistics at my job and all that shit, I had dropped the media stuff and said I can be an event planner. I can be a media planner. Instead of making the media, I should handle all the logistics behind the media. Which is important because just as much as black people are in front of the camera making the content, we need black folks controlling the media networks and calling the shots on what shows need to get brought up on certain networks and what shows are racist and need to get canceled, you know, and what shows are intersectional and need to be mainstreamed. But with this newfound career path, it also led to an escape. Why go to class when I can just work at the center, make money? If I had a class that was boring, my ass was popping up at work. Like, I'm here. What do y'all need for me to do today? Like, I had no problems planning the same events over. I had great relationships with all our partners. It was lit. Like, this is the year where I had no problems planning events. It was like I had just adjusted to college. Also, it's a time when my older friends had graduated and they were in their jobs post-grad and I was trying to play catch up and say yeah I'm at work too y'all like look at me doing my shit too okay you want your lunch break okay I'm gonna go take my lunch break too knowing damn well my lunch break was me having to go to class at 12 p.m basically I put myself at work more than my classes and it fucked me up because I had to deal with another racist professor oh and this man was nuts okay Long story short, I had wrote a paper on Migos. It was t-shirt. Mama told me not to sell work. 17 fast, same color t-shirt. Like, I had listened to that song for a hundred times and write a five-page paper on it. I had so much fun with it, don't get me wrong. But some other motherfucker in a different discussion class decides to choose the same damn song as me. To be honest, that's not my problem. But to turn it in, it was to them. They're like, error, error, error. And then I get a call from my GSI. You need to come to office hours. And I could have really asked help for this situation. But it was my pride that was getting to me. But mind you, for context, I had already cussed out two professors and one GSI before this whole scandal. A lot of them battles could have been avoided if I would have went to the ombuds office. Actually, no. I take that back. They could not. All them motherfuckers was out to get me, the queen, to Shia Lee. I remember one of my, the GSI had to cuss out. His ass was like, I felt pity for you because you was from Inglewood. And I was like, it took me all of my might not to push this Uncle Tom ass nigga down the stairs. But there are people around me, so I can't do what I need to do. Anyways, it was a time of, I need to say things, but I have to hold my tongue back because I actually get graded just because of your attitude. 
Anyways, me and this professor are going back and forth the whole semester about this honky-ass paper. Did you know the other student who wrote about the paper? When did you start writing? Let me see the version history do your your Google Docs. Let me see your handwritten notes then. Who did you talk to at the SLC? Like, that's how the fuck he sound. Now, I wasn't expecting to be damn near racially profiled over a fucking essay. Like, I don't make no sense. And at the end of the semester, he tell me I gotta write the whole fucking paper over. Like, I'm like, yo! The semester's almost over and you tell me some more shit I gotta do? What the fuck is wrong with you? So, I'm like, fuck that, I ain't gonna write the damn paper. Talked to a few of my colleagues and they said, Tashai, you probably should write the damn paper. And I said, fine, fine. Y'all, I wrote the paper. I wrote on motorsport. I said, fuck it. We're going to do the same artist. And he gave me a D. Now, I got another C on my transcript. Now, why the hell would I do the paper if it's going to be bad anyways? And he takes off points for the whole ordeal of the play of the alleged plagiarism and all these allegations on my character. And I'm sitting here at the end of the day, I will say it here. I didn't fucking plagiarize that motherfucking paper. But that is just how grade deflation and racist professors work. If I would have ignored his emails, like just ignored all them emails about the paper, I could have ended the class with a B minus. But this pussy asshole gave me a C. No plus, no minus, just a C. And then his punk ass decides to leave the school right after. And I was like, oh, so your bitch ass knew what the fuck you was doing. Looking back, I should have went to the ombuds office, which is, there's basically every school got an office on campus that handles shit when a professor does some grimy shit. But my head was just in other places. My head was just in other places that year. Like, junior year is you try to hoe, that shit ain't work, slow your ass down before you get hurt. Oh, and to add more icing onto my struggle cake, I was having health problems too. So, so I have hyperthyroidism, which is a disorder when the body makes too much thyroid hormones. Um, basically, it controls my metabolism. My metabolism goes out of whack when I'm stressed out. Like, my mood swings will get higher. I'll just get tired off of random shit. Yeah. And with it being stress-induced and me going to college, a very stressful-ass institution, it was bound to happen. But here's the deal. I'm the person who can just keep going with the flow. Like, I won't tell you I'm stressed, my body will say it for me. So one day I'm just like, I'm just going to go to the doctor, just check up just because, right? Bitch, I felt a lump in my throat. I was having a flare up. All that ripping and running the first two years fucked my body up. And then I took a good look at myself. I had gained 50 pounds in college. I don't know how. I don't know how. It went in all the right places, but a bitch was like, damn. Doctors did some tests, my levels were high, and I'm glad I went to the doctor when I went to the doctor because, honey, they had to do all 
the fucking test on my ass. I had to do some radiation therapy to calm down my thyroid. And in the midst of it, I lost like a chunk of my hair in the center of my head, which really pissed me off because I had just grew all my hair out. I was so proud of myself for actually like not having any damage. But you know, that's what happens when, when shit happens. But the therapy worked and I was able to finish that semester strong. But I was regulating my health more. A bitch had to be more conscious of herself, you know? But after all that shit, I was like, fuck it. I gotta go home. I need to go back to Inglewood. I need to see my family. I miss everybody. So I surprised everybody and came home a little bit early. And it was really, I really needed that time. I needed that winter break so much because it was my first time home as a 20 year old and and that was the first time I actually got cross-faded in front of my parents and I was like ah! <laughs> a very symbolic moment in the family very symbolic moments when your parents catch you fucked up and we were just sharing stories that whole entire time and I really needed that family time that family time to recharge so I can just go be social at the ABC conference that year the African Black Coalition that is what ABC stands for okay niggas in colleges across California all come together for a weekend of community political education and leadership there's hella workshops you know dope inspirational speakers and they even plan the parties for you that's just great. You know, I'm just going to say what happens at ABC stays at ABC. It's great every year. But basically, yeah, a lot of black shit just gets thrown at you that weekend. And every year it's hosted by a different school. So I remember that year we was at SF State and it was just really lit. Like I had a great time at the conference. And it's just one of those things I love like about college. And in one week, my life hit me like a ton of bricks. My grandma just gets sick out of nowhere. My phone gets stolen. And the dumb part is, is I had one of those cases where you put your cards in. So I had my ID and my debit card. So don't do that shit. But I could easily get a new phone. And I could easily cancel those cards. But I was really stressed because I hadn't talked to my granny in like a week. And then I get a call that following Friday telling me to come down to Los Angeles the next day. And I remember being really alone. Like I didn't tell nobody about this shit. I told a few friends cause I just had to get up and go, right? And a bitch did get up and go. Cause literally the day after she passed away, I didn't even get a chance to grieve. I had to hop on a flight back to Berkeley the night after. And that was a turning point in my college career because I just wanted to drop everything at that point. And I remember my grandmother would tell me, if you don't do it, then who will? I just wanted to finish my degree because everything became so annoying. I'm so stressed, but I'm also trying to de-stress because I don't want to stress myself out. So I started saying no. There are days I did not show up to work. There were days I did not show up to class. A bitch had to check out. And the difficult part about all this was fighting with my productive side. Like, there were days where I'm trying to grieve and relax in peace, but the productive side of me is like, no, bitch, you got class. You should probably be in class right now. 
And I kept fighting it because I'm trying to get the hell out of Berkeley. And me having these depressing days is slowing the bitch down. But that was just me not being kind to myself back in the day. I really was beating myself up like if I didn't do work and if I wasn't productive. But now I'm gotten better. But at the time, I wasn't trying to explain shit to anybody. All I wanted to do was just kick it in Fannie Lou. Because it was really nice to be in the resource center. Like, I did not want to be sitting at home all sad and shit. But it was like, I was at the resource center all the time. Damn near from open to close. And the longer I stayed there, it kind of felt like I was going into a trance. Like, everything in my life at that point was around the resource center. And... I used it to drown out my life outside of school. And in return, it helped me move forward and finish my degree faster. But it messed up my social life because I am a social butterfly. I just said no to the wrong things. Hey, Tashai, we're going to this event. Ah, I can't. I'm working at Fanny tonight. Hey, Tashai, we're going to Mexico for spring break. You should come. I can't. I gotta work on this project at Fanny. And as much as I really wanted to go on these trips and go on these trips and adventures, but mentally I wasn't ready. If I went, I would have been a fly on the wall, like dead ass. I probably would have wanted to stay in the room. So it was let me not waste my money and let me just stay here. So it all makes sense. It all makes sense. So I just tell myself to just relax that spring break and like not touch anything. I just didn't do shit. I just slept a lot. And then I woke up one day and it was Black Women's Appreciation. And I was like, oh shit, it's time to dress up, right? So Black Women's Appreciation is a yearly dinner we have where they celebrate all the black women on campus, right? All the black women on the campus of UC Berkeley. And a few are chosen for awards, but I really like this day because I get to dress up and I'm treated like the queen that I am. Well, I always knew I was a queen, but that's the day that everybody recognizes my crown, right? But it's so funny because I'm always late to BWA. And this year, I was like, all right, so I've literally been sleeping this whole entire time. I'm going to show up on time for this dinner. That's on that, right? And I had lost a few pounds by then, and everything was just looking right in all the good places. I had this jumpsuit. Oh, nigga, damn. Okay, so I'm sitting down to dinner, minding my business, catching up with old with friends. You know, they're like, hey, how's your trip? Blah, 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 blah. Next thing I know, I get called. My name get called. I got, I got an award for all my hard work on campus, you know, welcoming folks in the resource center, planning parties at Afro House. I think I got a standing ovation too. I don't know. I, I just remember that everybody was clapping. I wanted to cry because I was just like, wow. And I felt like my grandma's spirit was in the room. But it was just, ooh, all for me. And it was just, it was a shift in my character. Because, you see, all my life, I was just known as a smart kid. I was recognized for just my grades alone. 
And now I'm the nice bitch. I feel like the social butterfly that I've always been trying to be since I was like in middle school. It was that moment for me. It was that, oh my God, this is great. Cause yeah, like I said, so me getting this award was a start. Okay, so y'all see me doing shit. This is great. I got personality too. See, cause that's what happens in college. You get to see yourself for who you are slowly figuring out what you can offer to the world like looking back a lot of decisions i made in my junior year affect my life now not not very severely but it's like the electives i was interested in and the weird shit i tried out i kind of fuck with it still now which is kind of cool but we don't talk about the other side of grief Like, when you get that life is too short epiphany, like, I need to do shit now while I'm young and my body still looks good. So, my friends, they invited me to go skydiving. And I'm like, hell yeah, it's great. Why not? Why not? Y'all, I hopped in the car, drive out to the base like a bitch was ready. All I had to do was just pay. Then we get to the register. And they asked me to Shahid, are you going to skydive? No, I'll just hold the land here sign. You said, do you want to come with us to skydive? You didn't say I had to skydive. I'm coming with you. My senses had came to me on the drive there, but I didn't want to say shit. So I was just like, I'll just start drawing a land here sign. My black ass is not jumping out of no plane. Hell no. I barely travel as is. So I waited till the niggas hopped off the plane with my land here sign. And that's where I end the story of my junior year. Yeah, it's really, 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 really awkward. Like shit just gets thrown at you left and right. At the end of the day, it was all peaches and cream. Even though... I went through all these adversities. They made me a stronger person. And that's how you find growth. That's the grown and really grown shit. It's when life hits you, you have to understand the adversities and move forward. Yeah, like I said, I want to fucking withdraw from Cal, take time off to grieve. But no, I put my big girl panties on and I just kept on doing my shit. So... That, I don't know. It's not like a, that's just me. That's just what I had to do. So, like I said, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Really Grown Shit. I'll see y'all for the next episode.